Yo, what's going on guys? This is Mustache MMA and welcome to episode 4 of Best Bets, UFC 271, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker 2. We got the rematch in the main event going on. Very excited to break this one down. Uh, I'm going to look into each of these fights, uh, look into the bets that are available on the sports books for each of the fights, and uh, pick and choose um, a couple of the one that a couple of the plays that I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw some action on. So um, let's get into it. And uh, before I do, I'm just going to go over my results from last week's card. So overall, again, another negative week, but again, barely in the negative. Um, it seems like these, these past three weeks, I've been negative one, negative 1.1, and now negative 0.47. So um, slightly improving, but again, still in the red. So um, feeling pretty confident on this card, though, that uh, we're going to get in the green. Anyway, I uh, went 4 of 9 for a net of negative 0.47 units. Um, I had a L in Bondar inside the distance. He lost his bout. Wins in Row Moneyline, Almeida inside the distance. A loss in Burial, uh, no Juquani. Fight goes the distance. Uh, horrible take on that one as it ended in 15 seconds. Um, a win in Dawudu Moneyline in the over 1.5. Losses in John's by decision. He lost um, by finish. And uh, a loss in Erosa inside the distance. He won by decision. A win, um, half unit play, and Maximoff by decision, plus 380. That was a good one and helps keep me um, close to that even range. And then uh, a loss in um, Strickland by KOTKO. Um, so yeah, um, 2022 results overall, 11 for 29 for a net of um, negative 2.6 units. Um, so again, you know, um, not terribly down in the hole. Just had a, a couple of bad, um, bad breaks for a couple of the bets um, that if they went my way, I'd probably be in the green overall. But nevertheless, uh, heading into 271 um, with some high hopes and um, pretty Pretty confident I'm going to get in the green. So let's go ahead and break it down. Uh, where am I going here? Ah. Um, yeah, UFC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker 2. Uh, so first fight on the card is going to be uh, Jeremiah Wells versus Blood Diamond, Mike Mathia. Uh, Mike Mathia out of um, Israel Adesanya's um, city kickboxing uh, gym. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, uh, a Philly native. Um, so this one, I was looking at the bets. I really like Wells to win this. Um, and the um, prop bets came out earlier today. And I was hoping to jump early on a Wells inside the distance play. And I thought it was going to be at a pretty good price. However, I went to it and it's minus 165 was the best price I could find. Not really loving that price, to be honest, too much. Um... So, yeah, I also pondered a Wells by submission. He's definitely going to have the big edge in grappling here. Um, and even maybe a fight starts the second round, you know, maybe uh, Mike Mathia is a little more durable than we think. That was at uh, essentially a pick him at minus 110. Um, going over these, though, you know, it's going to be a pass for me. I, I like Wells to win this, and I do like him to win inside the distance, but I don't see the value there at minus 165. Especially with Mike Mathia being such a question mark about where his kickboxing really is. And, um, you know, he could have some decent wrestling and decent grappling. But uh, I doubt it. And I don't think it's going to be on the level as Wells's. 
Um, but anyway, um, yeah, gonna be a pass for me. Moving up, we got uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Sergey Morozov. Um, this one I also favor. I favor Morozov here to get the win, and I think he's gonna grind the decision out. Um, I like Morozov by decision. Um, that was sitting at plus one ten. Morozov unanimous decision, even uh, better. You know, I, I think he's really gonna out wrestle him pretty easily. Um, plus one fifty. Fight goes the distance. Minus one sixty five. Um, Andrade, though, KOTKO, plus 500. Pretty good value on that. I mean, Andrade, he's got some pretty good power in his hands. And he's able to let it go and connect. Like, um, it could be lights out for Morozov, who's been knocked out in his career before. Uh, I believe only once, um, but it has happened. So he is, um, you know, he's he doesn't have the iron chin that some guys do uh, on the resume where they have no knockout defeats. Um Again, though, it's going to be a pass for me. Even though I do like Sergey Mozov to probably get the decision win uh, at plus 110, I think it's good value, but I just don't like it too much. Andrade, he does have power, and I think if he can connect on Morozov, he could go out. And also with Morozov, uh, you know, if he's really going to be threatening Andrade consistently pressuring him with the uh with the wrestling not letting him breathe i mean he could get a ground and pound T uh, tko victory or even find his way into some kind of a submission due to fatigue from um silva de Andrade. um yeah so for all those reasons it's going to be a pass for me i think it's just a little too much up in the air um, but again, yeah, I do definitely lean the Morozov way and definitely lean the uh, Morozov by decision way. Moving up the card, we got Jacob Malkoon versus AJ Dobson. When I first saw this one, I was really liking Malkoon for sure. Um, I think he was sitting at about a plus 130, plus 140 mark. Um, we've definitely seen the line come down towards um, in the Malkoon's favor here. Now it's sitting at about plus 100, so essentially a pick em. Um and uh, I liked Malkoon because he showed in his last fight um, that he can really use his wrestling to his advantage. He's got good cardio, and that wrestling can um, kind of really help him against guys who just can't wrestle and can't do anything in that realm. Um, however, Al-Hassan, the guy he faced, literally has, I, I think, zero wrestling and grappling skills. He is just a striker who has a crazy amount of power. Um, with AJ Dobson, Something similar. This dude's got good power, and uh, he's just a little different from Al Hassan because he's an athlete. He's super um, ready to just uh, go out and swing hands and go crazy in the first round. Uh, Al Hassan isn't necessarily like that. He's a little more patient, but AJ Dobson is a super aggressive, um, super uh, powerful, just an athlete in general. Um, so. With that being said, I, I mean, A.J. Dobson, I don't think his technicality with the striking is the best. Um, but I think he does have the edge there. And I think he's going to have better wrestling than Al-Hassan does. So I think that could potentially even out the favor. So I was looking at Malcolm Moneyline. I did like it at plus 140. Now almost a pick -em. The value has thinned out to me because I do see this as a 50-50 fight. Um, you know, Dobson, KO, TKO, I looked at, plus 195, that's not bad. 
Um, Malcolm by decision, plus 275, also not bad. But again, with this being a 50-50, uh, it, it's going to be a pass for me. I just don't trust Malcolm's chin after being t um, lit up by Phil Halls in th 20 seconds. And then on the other side, A.J. Dobson, um, you know, his wrestling is kind of a question mark to me. Uh, Malcoon could easily dominate him, but or he could, you know, have some decent wrestling to, to be able to defend Malcoon and keep it on the feet enough for him to piece up Malcoon and potentially get the knockout. So definitely a, a pass, another pass here for me. So pass it on the first three. Um, first play I'm going to make, though, here is going to be with this card, Carlos Olberg versus Fabio Chirant. Um Definitely going to go with... Um, Olberg, KOTKO, minus 135 on FanDuel, locking that in as an official play. Um, Carlos Olberg, man, he's just got crisp striking, very powerful, and I just don't like Fabio Schrant's chin. I mean, his last fight against, um, he's also on this card, um, and I can't find his name, William Knight. Um, William Knight, he was actually doing decent against William Knight, but then William Knight threw a, like a check left hook, and it was a short hook, and connected with like his wrist, and Trant went out. So where's your chin if you're getting knocked out by a dude's wrist? And he was like essentially knocked out cold. Maybe not all the way cold, but he was knocked out to the point where he wasn't he wasn't trying to get back up and, and fight anymore. Um, Carlos Olberg, man, he, he looked really good in the first round against Kenny uh, Nuchwensky, or however you say his name. Um, but ended up just kind of putting on a pace that he couldn't sustain and, and gassed himself out in the second and, and got caught in the second and got finished. Um, you know, uh, Kennedy, he's a super durable guy, and he's also got a great gas tank. Um, that was kind of their game plan, I think, going into that fight, from what I remember from the interviews. Um, and if Carlos Olberg does put on that same pace that he did in the first round, I don't think Fabio Chiron's going to be able to handle that. And on the contrary, if Carlos Olberg kind of slows it down a little bit more and doesn't put on that super high pace first round um, like he did in his last fight, he'll maybe stretch out his... Um, his cardio, he'll stretch out his ability to get the knockout in the later rounds as well. Um, so yeah, uh, official play, Olberg, KO, TKO, minus 135 on Fandle. Um, you know, I was looking at Olberg, KO, TKO in the first round, plus 185. Um, I thought that was pretty good value, but again, I don't know how Olberg is going to react to his last loss, and that makes me cautious of playing that. Um, just because I don't know if he's going to throw out that same kind of cardio, same kind of pace, um, and volume that he did in the first round uh, because he might be afraid of gassing. Um, so yeah, just going to have a, a one-unit play on Olberg, KOTKL, minus 135, Um Repeated that like four times, but I forgot to throw the unit in there. Unit value is important to note. Um, moving up the card, we got Alexander Hernandez um, versus Renato Moicano. Um, this one was tough to decide, but I think this one's a 50-50 fight, to be honest. You know, Moicano uh, had good success in the featherweight division, um, faced a lot of good competition, got finished only by good competition. You know, Chang Young Sung, um, Jose Aldo, uh, Brian Ortega were his only losses in the featherweight division. Um, so he's in with good company. Uh, moving up to lightweight, though, uh, I believe he got a win or two on his resume. And then he did lose to uh, def definitely a surging top 10 prospect in um, Rafael Faziv. So no harm and foul there in getting knocked out in the first round. Um, 
So he's been knocked out a, a couple times in his career. So that chin is definitely a little questionable, especially coming up a weight class. Um, Alexander Hernandez, um, he's shown a couple back and forth struggles um, in his career as well. He's put on really um, impressive performances against um, some lower level guys. And then when he jumps up the ladder, he tends to sometimes not perform. So uh, like I said, I think it's a 50-50 fight. So I'm going to go with the dog here. I see the value there. Um, locking in an official one unit play on Hernandez money line at plus 142 over on Fandle. Um, yeah, just explain the whole reasons kind of why I, I favor the Hernandez side. Um, I just like his striking as well. I think it's crisp. He's got really good combos, fast hands. Um, he might be able to put Mykano's lights out. Um, but I actually even favor another play here. So I'm going to do two plays on this fight. I'm actually going to go with a half unit play on Hernandez decision plus 600, also on FanDuel. So that's going to be an, another official play for a half unit um you know hernandez here uh he's shown that he doesn't have the one punch knockout power but he can piece things together where he can hurt his opponent and go in for the kill um you know renato moicano uh a couple of his fights they've been kind of flash knockouts um whereas alexander hernandez doesn't have that power so i think moicano is um and probably going to be able to favor well against those punches. He may get hurt, but he, he definitely has the big option of just falling to the ground. And is Alexander Hernandez going to chase him to the ground? That could be dangerous for him, right? Uh, Moicano, a high-level grappler. Um, you know, that's also a key for Hernandez in this fight. Keep it on the feet because he's going to have probably the advantage there. But on the ground, uh, Moicano is definitely going to have the advantage. Hernandez may be able to survive down there, but Morcano is super, super dangerous down there. Um, so yeah, uh, one unit play, Hernandez money line, plus 142 on Fandle. And uh, half unit play, Hernandez decision, plus 600, also on Fandle. Um, moving up the card, we got Ronnie Lawrence and Amana Martinez. Um, yeah, Ronnie Lawrence, just a super um, similar to Sergey Morozov, who's also on this card. Um, a super crazy, relentless wrestler who's just constantly going for takedowns, constantly pressuring you, constantly making you breathe and work. Um, Mana Martinez, on the other hand, more of a striker, and he's got good power in his hands, actually. And he, he also throws good volume. Um, so kind of a mix and match um, matchup here where we got the classic wrestler versus striker, striker matchup. Um, I was at first, I favor Ronnie Lawrence to win here. I think his wrestling is definitely going to get it done. Um, he also keeps pretty good distance on the feet, which is going to keep him out of range of those big shots. Amanda Martinez throws a lot of spinning stuff. Uh, that could be dangerous if Martinez catches on to it. But um, I like Lawrence to consistently get this one to the ground and, and probably keep it there. Or at least um, close the distance enough where Amanda Martinez doesn't have that opportunity to throw those power shots. Um, so I was looking at uh, Lawrence decision plus 115 on FanDuel. Also our Martinez money line play. I mean plus 235. I don't think it's a bad play. You know he's gonna have the striking advantage most likely if he can handle those takedowns and that pressure. Ronnie Lawrence he could squeak out the win here. Um, 
Again, you know, uh, favoring Ronnie Lawrence here, but it's a pass for me. I am a little scared of Mana Martinez's striking, his output, his power. I think he could potentially catch Ronnie Lawrence, put him out cold. Um, so for that reason, uh, definitely a pass here, but a lean on the Ronnie Lawrence side, and uh, especially towards the decision. Uh, moving up the card, we got William Knight versus Maxim Grishin. Um... Gonna make another official play here. So an official play is gonna be a, a one-unit play. Fight goes the distance. Minus 112 over on FanDuel. Um, reason I like this, Maxim Grishin, he's shown really that he's super durable in his career. Um, he hasn't been finished in a very long time. Um, William Knight also shown that he hasn't been finished at all in his career, I believe. Let's do some double-checking on this because I vaguely forget. Um... Okay, he did get knocked out early in his career by uh, Tafan Nuchwankwi. Um, but since joining the UFC, um, he has not been finished. He's only lost once to Daung Yung um, by decision. Um, and on the other side, Maxim Grishin, just to double check here, he, he's been pretty durable in, in his very long tenured career. Um, and he hasn't been finished at, in the UFC either. Um, although only having three fights. He did have one finish, but it was against um, um, Anta Gulov, um, and, and he he was kind of on his way out of the UFC to begin with and getting finished consistently, um, I think on a five-loss five losing skid. Um, so anyway, um, if I can get back to the matchup here. I like Fight Goes the Distance. Sorry, guys. Finally get my way back here. Um, yeah, I like Fight Goes the Distance. I think both these guys are pretty durable. Um, the one thing that does probably worry me a little bit is Knight definitely has probably a, a good power advantage here. And he could knock out Grisham if he gets that um, one big hook that he has the power with. Um, also with Maxim Grisham, a little nervous uh, if it goes to the ground. Grisham probably has the better grappling skills so he could potentially get a submission on knight um but knight is usually pretty safe when he's on top um and if knight gets it on on top too he's got some heavy ground and pound um so i again I'm, I'm throwing out all these scenarios where this one could end inside the distance but um i, I do like fico's the distance i think mash grisham is going to be very technical here um william knight's open to the jab all day i think he's going to let that jab go all day hit him up um kind of um make william knight think a little bit he's going to make william knight miss the big power shots he's going to stuff the takedowns um, and then on the William or on the Max Grisham side, um, in terms of him potentially getting a finish, you know, um, William Knight has shown that he's very durable, um, since his very first finish. Um, you know, he's not going to go crazy here. Uh, I don't think. And, um, yeah. Uh, so official one unit play on fight goes the distance, uh, for this bout here at minus 112 on Fandle. Moving up the card, uh, we got Alex Perez versus Matt Schell. Um, a very fun fight here um, in the flyweight division. Um, you know, again, uh, I'm going to go with a one-unit play on Fight Goes the Distance at plus 130 on FanDuel. I think this is pretty good value. Reason being, um, Alex Perez, uh, I really like him 
Um, probably to win this one, but I think he probably will lean out a decision. Matt Schnell could get a decision as well. Um, but with Alex Perez, I don't think he's going to be able to get a submission on Schnell because Schnell is a very um, highly touted grappler. Um, he's good grappling defense, and he's only been submitted a very limited amount of times in his career. The, um, the question mark here is if Machinel is going to be able to not get knocked out or not get hurt on the feet. So, um, with that being said, um, on the other side, going to Matt Schnell, you know, also pretty decent with the stand-up. You know, he could get a finish with the submission too, but I think both these guys are too slick with the grappling that they're, they're going to be able to have good defensive grappling. Now, Alex Perez, he got caught in the guillotine last time out against Devinson Figueredo, but that was early in the first round. They weren't sweaty. Devinson Figueredo's got a death grip choke. So um, I I'm not taking too much into account there. Um, and I think it's... Perez, I think he definitely has the advantage on the feet, but Machnell can handle himself. Uh, Machnell, he got knocked out recently against um, um, Alexander Pantoja. However, Schnell was just kind of being really reckless with on the feet, and his last two fights, he's really kind of improved upon that. So with all those factors being said, um, official play, um, fight goes the distance, one unit, plus 130 on FanDuel. Um, I looked at a Perez decision, um, but, you know, I feel like Matt Schnell could potentially squeak out a win here. You know, a Matt Schnell money line uh, play isn't terrible. Also, a Schnell submission is plus 1,000. I mean, again, I think these guys are both pretty slick um, with their grappling. But, you know, Schnell has a really good triangle if Perez, you know, throw, goes in for a takedown, tries to wrestle with him. And Matt Schnell is pretty comfortable off his back, so it's going to be dangerous to take him there. Um, so I thought that was an interesting play with some good value as well. But uh, anyway, just going to leave it to one play, like I said, and and move on. Um, Roxanne Monteferi versus Casey O'Neill here. Uh, Monteferi, um, very big veteran, most fights in female MMA history against the uh, newcomer Casey O'Neill, young, up and coming, undefeated, looking very good in the UFC with um, with a hundred percent finish rate in the UFC, I believe. Um, so she's doing really well. Um, let me confirm that really quick. Uh, because yes, hundred percent finish rate in the UFC. That's what I thought. So, um, this one I was a little weary of too, but I'm going to go with it. So official play one unit play on O'Neill by decision plus a hundred on DraftKings. Um, Roxanne Mount the Ferry, man. Although she's she's definitely getting up there in age, um, and she has a lot of experience, and she hasn't been looking great. She's been getting dominated in her fights. However, she's super durable, super tough, can take punches, can handle herself in the grappling situations, um, can get out of sticky situations, and is constantly you know still throwing, still in the fight, not you know. Um, always intelligently defending herself and, and moving positions to where, you know, the ref's not going to wave it off. So I, I do favor a decision here by O'Neill and her first decision victory in the UFC. You know, Monteferi has fought top, top competition in this division, and no nobody's had been able to finish her. I believe the last time she's been finished is um, years and years ago, like over five years ago. Um, 
And, you know, Neil, she's super good with the grappling, super good with the wrestling, really good ground and pound. Um, but it's not like it's heavy ground and pound. It's more volume ground and pound. Um, she always looks up at the ref consistently in her fights and is like, you know, are you going to stop this? And, and I'm thinking in my head, I was like, well, no, it doesn't even look like you're doing any damage. They're the tiniest little freaking ground and pound shots. Anyway, though, she, she did consistently get those wins, a, a couple from ground and pound, a couple from, uh, uh, or one from a rear naked choke. Um, but yeah, I just think Roxanne Montefiore is strong enough here to um, fend off a finish from Casey O'Neill. I don't think Montefiore is going to be able to get a victory, though. I looked at a Montefiore decision, plus 500, but I didn't like it. Fight goes the distance, minus 165. A little steep, but I'd rather go with the O'Neill side because I'm pretty confident that she will get it done um, if it does go to decision. Or, or in general, I think she's going to get it done. And I do think, I do favor the decision side. So again, um, official play, one unit, Casey O'Neill by decision, plus 100 on DraftKings. Moving up the card, uh, we got another veteran in Andre Orlovsky versus Jared Vandera. Um, I, I do not like Jared Vandera at all, really. Um, I don't think he's that good. I think a lot of these guys in the heavyweight division that are... Um, you know, outside the top 20, 25, or top 20, just are not very good at all. They just don't show that amount of skills that some of these other heavyweights possess, possess whether that be just straight power or some of these newer guys who are mobile and, um, you know, are, are light on the feet or even have some grappling skills, wrestling skills. Jared Vandera here, you know, I don't like his stand-up too much. I don't think it's too technical. I don't think he has the power. His speed's decent. Um, his wrestling, he doesn't really seem to use it that much. Um, so, yeah. Um, Andre Orlovsky, he's shown that he is able to consistently beat these other prospects, um, except the ones that are actually good and make it into that top 15. He's essentially like the gatekeeper of the ranked opponents. So his only last um, defeats come from... Um, uh, Tom Aspinall, top 10 guy. Jarzino Rosenstrike, top 10 guy. So any other opponents he's been able to handle very easily and, and shield them off and get a decision victory. He's not much of a power guy like he used to when he was younger. Now he's more of that mobile guy um, who throws out more volume and just kind of touches you and doesn't throw too much power on it. Um, so, for all these reasons, um, I'm going to do an official unit play on Orlovsky by decision, plus 135 on FanDuel. Again, Orlovsky consistently proves that he can beat these guys over three rounds um, that just aren't good enough to be in the top 15. And trust me, Jared Bandera is not good enough to be in the top 15. Um, so, yep, that, that's going to be my only play for this fight here. Moving on to the main card of the uh, main card of UFC 271 here, um, Nasrat Hakparas uh, versus Bobby Green. Um, now money coming in on Hakparas, which I'm a little surprised. I, I don't love Hakparas. I'm not in love with him, and I'll tell you what I do really like Bobby Green. Um, his stand-up is super technical, and uh, he does keep his hands low, but he's proven that he's just so good at striking defense that guys really struggle to try and hit him. Um, 
So yeah, you know, Hack Press, he's also a striker. So this one's probably going to stay on the feet a majority of the time. Maybe get in a couple clinch situations, but it will remain on the feet. I think Bobby Green's going to make Hack Press miss way too much. He's going to land way more, maybe not way more, but definitely more um, volume than Hack Press. And he's going to probably get his way to a decision victory um, just based off that striking defense, being able to make Hack Press miss a lot and then, you know, come back with his own shots, his own counters, his own combinations and land with those. Um, so I got two plays here. Um, I'm going to do a two unit play on Fight Goes the Distance at minus 166 on FanDuel. Um, this is definitely my one of my locks of the card. I'm very confident on this. Um, you know, Bobby Green, he did get a finish in his last time out, but it was against Ally Quinta, who's essentially on his way out of the UFC, just kind of collecting a paycheck, in my opinion. Um, and then Nascara Hakpras, um, you know, he does have some power in his hands, but I just, I don't think he's uh, fast enough to land those sometimes. And he's shown against guys who have pretty good striking defense that he can miss and land. Um, for instance, um, in his last fight against um, Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker just kind of destroyed him over those three rounds. And um, so, yeah, I definitely like this one to go to decision, hence the two unit play on fight goes to decision, minus 166 on FanDuel. Um, I'm going to do another play here, a one unit play on Bobby Green by decision, plus 190 over on FanDuel. Again, I think this is great value. Um, Bobby Green has last like 10 fights besides the last fight has gone to decision. He's a decision machine. That's what he does. Sometimes the judges screw him over, though, which is something to factor. Uh, reason being, he's not like really a power guy. He's more of a volume guy. Um, and sometimes when guys connect on him, even though they don't connect often, because his hands are low, it may seem to the judges that it's, I, I don't know, better. Sometimes he gets screwed is the point to what I'm making. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said before, I think Bobby Green's the better striker. I think his striking defense is better. I think he's going to land more volume. And I think he's definitely going to get, um, in my mind, a unanimous decision. But again, these judges might might fudge around here, maybe get a split win, or even might get, you know, a rigged loss, in my opinion. Rigged because, you know, it's, it's happened before. Um, so yeah, um, two-unit play, fight goes the distance, minus 166 on FanDuel. And then a one-unit play, green by decision, plus 190, also on Fandle. Moving up the main card, um, we got a fun one in Kyler Phelps versus uh, Marcelo Rojo. Um, definitely a contender for um, fight of the night, most likely, in my opinion. It's going to be a lot of back-and-forth action. Uh, we may see a finish. We may not. Um, I really favor Kyler Phelps in this one. I think he will get it done inside the distance. You know, Marcellus Rojo is essentially a guy who's super tough, um, but he also puts on a high pace, high pressure kind of guy. That's kind of what Phillips does also, which what which makes it a really exciting matchup. You know, Marcelo Rojo could could get Kyler Phelps, but you know, Kyler Phelps has shown to be durable. You know, he, he's fought some really tough competition so far in his career. Um, this is also going to be Marcellus Rojo's toughest competition to date. Um, you know, he lost to Charles Jordan his last fight, and now he's stepping up and facing someone who's even tougher, um, which is surprising. I think reason being matchmakers just want an exciting fight for this card, which I guarantee you it will be a fire fight. Um, but anyway, I was looking all all the Phillips props, and, uh, you know, inside the distance, minus 135 isn't bad. 
But Marcel Rojo is just tough, and he's super durable. And also that high-pressure, high pace that he's going to put on Kyler Phillips, you know, could Kyler Phillips gas a little bit? Not gas, but definitely slow down, potentially. That's kind of what happened in Kyler Phillips' last fight against Rulian Pava. Um, he almost got the finish in the first round, kind of went all out to get that finish. And then his gas tank slowly declined from there, and Pava was able to get the next two rounds. For whatever reason, the judges didn't give Kyler Phillips a 10-8. Thought it was a 10-8. Should have been a draw. But anyway, he comes out with the loss um, last time out. Um, but yeah, you know, looking at all these other ones, uh, I'm not 100% confident Phillips will get the finish. And I don't like it at a minus 135 price. Um, so for that reason um i'm i'm gonna pass um but i do lean kyler phillips for sure and i do lean inside the distance moving up the card we got jared cannonier versus Derek bronson if israel adesanya wins the main event one of these guys whoever wins is probably fighting him next so jared cannonier um you know super good power um you know, super strong, muscular guy. Um, used to be uh, heavyweight, came all the way down the middleweight now, finding some good success there. Um, Derek Brunson, you know, pretty decent striking for himself, but definitely not as good as Cannoneer, nor does he have the power. But he does have really good wrestling skills, and his grappling is pretty good as well. So also another kind of mix match here, um, striker versus a grappler, um, or wrestler, if you will, matchup. Um... This one, I, I like Jared Cannonier. I like the money line at minus 160 on DraftKings. I like the um, Cannonier knockout prop as well. Knockout TKO, I believe it sits at about plus 120. However, J Derek Brunson, blonde Brunson, undefeated in the UFC, he makes me nervous. And, um, you know, that wrestling could take over in Cannoneer, and he could just dominate him on the ground for all three rounds. Um, the reason I lean Cannoneer is because Derek Brunson, although he's on a five-fight win streak, I believe three of those fights, um, he was rocked in three of them. Although able to recover and come back and win the fight, he was definitely hurt in those fights. And then before that five-fight win streak, um, he was on a two-fight losing skid. Um, both, uh, both losses in the first round by finish, um, Israel Adesanya and Bernardo Souza. So Derek Brunson's chin, super questionable. Jared Cannonier's power, very good. Um, that combination I love, and I think he's going to get the knockout. But again, Derek Brunson's wrestling really makes me nervous. Jared Cannonier, he has shown that he can handle the wrestling, but I think this is going to be his biggest test with the wrestling in that department. Um, so for that reason, um, lean Cannonier. I like the money line. I like the knockout prop, um, but going to be a pass for me. Moving on, we got um, super fun heavyweight matchup, co-man event, Derek Lewis versus Taito Avasa. Both guys, incredible power. Probably going to throw down. Probably going to see a knockout here. Not going to go over it too much here. I actually favor Tuivasa. I like his heavy leg kicks. I think they're going to be open all day on Lewis. But again, I think it's a 50-50 shot here. Um, hence why I like the Tuivasa side because he's the dog. Um, but that being said, um, you know, these power guys in the heavyweight division who just need one shot to not get a knockout, it's tough to tough to call, um, and I'm I'm not gonna lay any coin on it. Um, so definitely gonna be a pass for me.
And finally, uh, the main event, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker 2. Um, definitely one where I wanted to see for a while. I think Robert Whitaker is like the small step pedestal below Israel Adesanya. And then there's everybody else in the middleweight division. So definitely a um, deserved uh, rematch for Robert Whitaker coming on a three-fight win streak um, against a couple good opponents in the middleweight division. Israel Adesanya obviously undefeated in the middleweight division, tried to go up and get double belt against Jan Blachowicz, but... Um, you know, got kind of got pretty dominated, honestly. Got got beat up on the feet, and also really got um, dominated in the wrestling department as well. Um, so, with all this being said, um, you know, the first fight, I think a lot of people um, are gonna look at that and say, "Oh, Israel Adesanya knocked him out in the second round. This is an easy win for Adesanya." But don't count out Robert Whitaker, man. He's really improved those small things that happened in that first fight, I think. And I think you've seen those improvements in his last three fights with this win streak going on. So I think this is going to be a tough test for Adesanya. And with Adesanya being minus 300, minus 310, I don't see any value in that. What I do see value in is this one going the distance. Um, I think these guys are both tough. I think Robert Whitaker has made those adjustments to where he's not going to get caught by Adesanya. Um, and I think it's going to go all five rounds, and I'm, I'm pretty confident about it. Um, so it's definitely going to be an official play. One unit on Fight Goes the Distance, minus 110 on Fandle. Um, also, I like the odds on Whitaker. The money line is good, um, but I like the decision prop even better because, I, like I said... I, I think this one goes to decision. So I'm putting a half unit play on Whitaker by decision plus 500. I think the value is just really good there. I mean, Israel Adesanya, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's undefeated in the middleweight division. But the next best guy is Robert Whitaker. And he has improved greatly over the last time they fought. Um, I think this is going to be a really close fight. And potentially... You know, in those close rounds, some of these judges could give that to Whitaker. Um, and he could potentially win a split decision, maybe even a unanimous decision, win two out of, or sorry, three out of five rounds. Um, so plus 500, I think there's great value on that for Whitaker by decision. Um, I did only put a half unit on it. You know, if you know me, I usually throw a half unit on these, on these bigger decision props because I'm not super confident on it. Um, so anytime I play a half unit, um, I like it and I like it for the value, but I'm not a hundred percent confident it's going to happen. Um, nevertheless, I think a half unit on plus 500 Robert Whitaker by decision is really good value. Um, hence the play. So yeah, those are all the plays that I made for UFC 271. So, um, if you guys liked the video, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. If you guys got any plays of your own, let me know what they are down in the comments. If you liked any of my plays, let me know down in the comments. If you disliked any of the plays, let me know down in those comments. Um, I will have my parlay plays video coming out later today as well, uh, where I have a couple different variation of parlays, some with um, you know close to even money odds, and then some that are um, you know really long shot or juicy parlays, as I like to call it. Um, so look out for that one coming out soon as well. Um, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, I'll see you soon.